The bishops and prelates never rested before they had brought the king to their consent. By reason whereof, a proclamation in all haste was devised and set forth under public authority, that the testament of Tyndale's translation was inhibited, which was about A.D. 1537. And not content herewith, they proceeded further how to entangle him in their nets and to bereave him of his life, which how they brought to pass, now it remaineth to be declared. In the registers of London, it appeareth manifest how that the bishops and Sir Thomas More, having before them such as had been at Antwerp, most studiously would search and examine all things belonging to Tyndale, where and with whom he hosted, whereabout stood the house, what was his stature, in what apparel he went, what resort he had. All which things, when they had diligently learned, then began they to work their feats. William Tyndale, being in the town of Antwerp, had been lodged about one whole year in the house of Thomas Points, an Englishman, who kept a house of English merchants. Came thither one out of England, whose name was Henry Phillips, his father being a customer of Poole, a commonly fellow. Like as he had been a gentleman, having a servant with him. But wherefore he came, or for what purpose he was sent thither, no man could tell. Master Tyndale divers times was desired forth to dinner and supper amongst merchants, by means whereof this Henry Phillips became acquainted with him, so that within short space Master Tyndale had a great confidence in him and brought him to his lodging, to the house of Thomas Points, and had him also once or twice with him to dinner and supper, and further entered such friendship with him, that through his procurement he lay in the same house of the said Points, to whom he showed moreover his books and other secrets of his study. So little did Tyndale then mistrust this traitor. But Points, having no great confidence in the fellow, asked Master Tyndale how he came acquainted with this Phillips. Master Tyndale answered that he was an honest man, handsomely learned, and very comfortable. Points, perceiving that he had bare such favor to him, said no more, thinking that he was brought acquainted with him by some friend of his. The said Phillips, being in the town three or four days, upon a time desired points to walk with him forth of the town to show him the commodities thereof, and in walking together without the town, had communication of divers things. But after when the time was past, points perceived as to be the mind of Phillips, to feel whether the said points might, for the lucre of money, help him to his purpose. For he perceived before that Phillips was moneyed, and would that points should think no less." for he had desired points before to help him to diverse things and such things as he named. He required might be of the best, for, he said, I have money enough. Phillips went to Antwerp to the court of Brussels, which is from thence twenty-four English miles, whence he brought with him to Antwerp the procurer-general, who is the emperor's attorney, with certain other officers. Within three or four days, points went forth to the town of Berrios, being eighteen English miles from Antwerp, where he had business to do for the space of a month or six weeks. And in the time of his absence, Henry Phillips came again to Antwerp, to the house of points, and coming in, spake with his wife, asking whether Master Tyndale were within. Then went he forth again, and set the officers whom he brought with him from Brussels, in the street, and about the door. About noon he came again, and went to Master Tyndale, and desired him to lend him forty shillings. For, he said, 
I have lost my purse this morning, coming over at the passage between this and Mechlin. So Master Tyndale took him forty shillings, which was easy to be had of him if he had it. For in the widely subtleties of this world he was simple and inexpert. Then said Phillips, Master Tyndale, you shall be my guest here this day. No, said Master Tyndale, I go forth this day to dinner, and you shall go with me, and be my guest, where you shall be welcome. So when it was dinner time, Master Tyndale went forth with Phillips, and at the going forth of Points' house was a long narrow entry, so that two could not go in a front. Master Tyndale would have put Phillips before him, but Phillips would in no wise but put Master Tyndale before, for he pretended to show great humanity. So Master Tyndale, being a man of no great stature, went before, and Phillips, a tall comely person, followed behind him, who had set officers on either side of the door upon two seats, who might see who came in the entry. Phillips pointed with his finger over Master Tyndale's head down to him, that the officers might see that it was he whom they should take. The officers afterwards told points, when they had laid him in prison, that they pitied to see his simplicity. They brought him to the emperor's attorney, where he dined. Then came the procurer general to the point. Then came the procurer general to the house of points, and sent away all that was there of Master Tyndale's, as well his books and other things. And from thence, Tyndale was had to the castle of Filford, eighteen English miles from Antwerp. Then, incontinent by the help of English merchants, were letters sent, in favor of Tyndale, to the court of Brussels. Also, not long after, letters directed out of England to the council at Brussels, and sent to the merchant adventurers to Antwerp, commanding them to see that with speed they should be delivered. Such of the merchants as were there at the time being called together, required said points to take in hand the delivery of those letters, in favor of Master Tyndale, to the Lord of Barros and others. Which Lord of Barros, as it was told points, by the way, at that time was departed from Brussels. Points did right after the next way and overtook him at Achone, where he delivered to him his letters, which when he had received and read he made no direct answer, but somewhat objecting said there were of their countrymen that were burned in England not too long before, as indeed there were Anabaptists burned in Smithfield. And so Points said to him, Howbeit, he said, whatsoever the crime was, if his lordship or any other nobleman had written requiring to have had them, he thought they should not have been denied. Well, said he, I have no leisure to write, for the princess is ready to ride. Then said Points, if it shall please your lordship, I will attend upon you unto the next baiting place, which was at Maastricht. If you so do, said the lord, I will advise myself by the way what to write. So points followed him from Achone to Maastricht, which are fifteen English miles asunder. And there he received letters of him, one to the council, another to the company of the merchant adventurers, and another also to the Lord Cromwell in England. So points rode from thence to Brussels, and then and there delivered to the council the letters out of England, with the Lord of Barrows's plan also, and received as soon's answers into England of the same by letters which he brought to Antwerp to the English merchants, who required him to go with them into England. And he, very desirous to have Master Tyndale out of prison, let not to take pains with loss of time in his own business, and diligently followed with the said letters which he delivered to the council, 
and was commanded by them to tarry until he had other letters. A month after, the letters being delivered him, he returned and delivered them to the emperor's council at Brussels and tarried for answer for the same. Phillips, being there, followed the suit against Master Tyndale, and hearing that he should be delivered to points, and fearing lest he should be put from his purpose, he knew no other remedy but to accuse points, saying that he was a dweller in the town of Antwerp, a succorer of Tyndale, and one of the same opinion. And that all this was only his own labor and suit, and no man's else, to have Master Tyndale at liberty. Thus points was delivered to the keeping of two surgeons at arm. Master Tyndale, still remaining in prison, was proffered an advocate and a procurer, the which he refused, saying that he would make an answer for himself. He had so preached to them who had him in charge, and such as was there conversant with him in the castle, so they reported of him that if he were not a good Christian man, they knew not whom they might take to be one. At last, after much reasoning, when no reason would serve, although he deserved no death, he was condemned by virtue of the emperor's decree, made in the assembly at Augsburg. Brought forth to the place of execution, he was tied to the stake, strangled by the hangman, and afterward consumed with fire at the town of Filford, A.D. 1536, crying at the stake with a fervent zeal and a loud voice, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. Such was the power of his doctrine and the sincerity of his life that during the time of his imprisonment, which endured a year and a half, he converted, it is said, his keeper, the keeper's daughter, and others of his household. As touching his translation of the New Testament, because his enemies did so much carp at it, pretending it to be full of heresies, he wrote to John Firth as followeth, I call God to record against the day we shall appear before our Lord Jesus, that I never altered one syllable of God's word against my conscience, nor would do this day. If all that is in the earth, whether it be honor, pleasure, or riches, might be given me. 